0: We do have a disclaimer for this episode we do want to be sensitive to those who struggle or are triggered by gun violence and there is a bit of that in this episode most of you can probably guess what it is because it has to do with jfk we do discuss jackie's perspective she was there at the scene and it gets a little bit graphic so if you are sensitive to violence just skip this episode and we'll catch you next time we'll catch you next time welcome Welcome to to blood and Blood and and business I'm Bethany. And I'm Cassie. Today we're talking about a sister duo, literally born and bred for the world stage. They were two of the most glamorous women of the 20th century. One changed the White House forever and set a new template for what a first lady of the United States could be and would be. The other would wander for a lifetime, trying to find her own limelight and step out of the shadows of her sister. Their lifelong quest? Money, power, and glory. And they found it. But it never quite satisfied the hunger that they both carried. They will forever be remembered, but they lost each other along the way. They are Jackie O, Jackie Kennedy, and Princess Lee Radzewill. This is part three of The The Bouvier Bouvier Sisters. Sisters. Okay, this one is coming out of the gates really intense. This is the final episode of the Bouvier sisters. So we are going to be starting with the assassination of JFK through the fallout of all of that. And then all the way up into the deaths of Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis and Princess Lee Radzewell. So we're tying it all up today and it's going to be a doozy. November 22nd, 1963. Jackie was in Dallas with JFK when a sniper killed her husband as she sat directly next to him in a convertible. There are a million conspiracies about what happened that day and how it happened, but all Jackie knew was that her husband was taken from her and her children. She wore the same blood-soaked pink wool suit all the way home to the White House so that everyone could see what happened, the carnage and the permanence of what they did. When she walked out of Air Force One, Janet was waiting and she immediately broke down in her arms. And then Janet said, if this had to happen, thank God he wasn't maimed. Jackie reportedly just stared at her. A few minutes later, Janet also said, I hope you will never live anywhere but this country because Jack would want that. A what? A few moments later, Bobby Kennedy came over and whispered to Jackie that Jack's killer had been arrested. By the way, JFK, John F. Kennedy went by Jack. That's who we're talking about right now. It's kind of confusing because Jackie also goes by Jackie, and then her dad's name is Jack, and there's another Jack later, so I'm going to try to clarify, but that's what's going on. Jackie asked her mom if she would stay with her in the White House that night. Early the next morning, Saturday, November 23rd, Lee arrived from London in time for 10 o'clock mass. After the service, Janet and Lee walked over to the Oval Office to have one last look and reminisce about when Jackie invited them to see it for the first time two and a half years ago. When they got to the Oval Office the morning after the assassination, it was already in the process of being dismantled and prepped for Lyndon Johnson. It hadn't even been 24 hours yet. Ward got back to Bobby, who demanded he not step foot in the office until after Jack's funeral, so Johnson waited. The second night after the assassination, Jackie asked her sister to sleep with her. When she woke up the next morning, Lee had already gotten up, and Jackie found a note under her pillow Lee had left her the night before. Good night, my darling Jacks, the bravest and noblest of all, L. Onassis called that morning, Sunday the 25th. He called to check on Lee and to give his condolences to Jackie. Apparently, she had given him her personal phone number on that vacation that they took after Patrick's death, but with the high call volume into Washington, he wasn't able to reach her before. He also told Lee that he wanted to come to the funeral. Lee didn't think that was a good idea, as he didn't know Jack at all and barely knew Jackie. Plus, she knew how most of their family felt about them. She told him not to come, but he wasn't the type to take no for an answer, so he came anyway. He called Jackie from his hotel, and nobody knows what the details of the conversation were, but allegedly, she was surprised to hear from him at first, and by the end of the phone call, she had insisted that he check out of his hotel and stay at the White House with the rest of them. Here's a report from a friend at the time. Years later, Lee told me that she had an uneasy conversation with Jackie about Onassis' arrangements. Jackie told Lee, Ari called, that's what they called Aristotle Onassis, I arranged for him to stay here at the White House. Lee said that Jackie shouldn't have troubled herself, that Onassis was her guest and she would have seen to it that he was taken care of. Jackie replied, What am I to do, Lee, when this man calls me and puts me on the spot during such a difficult time? And that is how Lee found out that Onassis had ever called her in the first place, that he called Jackie directly. That's also when she realized that once he was loose in Washington, she wouldn't be able to control him. Knowing the terrain at the time, I would have to say that this concerned Lee. After all, she knew Ari. She knew him well. That's what the friend remembers. And here's another friend's memory from the situation. Well, look. Onassis was a fast mover. He had been with Lee, the sister-in-law of the president. Now that the president was gone, knowing him as I did, he'd already decided to go for the real prize. The sister. The former first lady. That very same night... The first night he was staying in the White House with them, Aristotle Onassis visited Jackie in her private quarters. Nobody knows what went on, but Lee was more than a little unnerved by Onassis seeing her sister without first asking Lee if it was okay. How close are they still? They barely knew each other. No, like um, Lee and Onassis. How close are they? Oh, Lee and Onassis, they've been having an affair for years years. It's not like they were just like casually this is not full on had like a long term. Exactly. But I wonder how How casual it it was. It doesn't matter how much she actually loved him. She says that she did love him. But to lose another thing to your sister if she lost him to another woman whatever. But like you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that and then also on his part on Onassis's part what in the A savage. They haven't even had the funeral yet. A Neanderthal. And also Jackie I'm sorry, but you're a freaking idiot. You haven't even had your husband's funeral. A person calls that you've like been on one vacation with while he was dating your sister. And you don't think that that's like sketchy and like a little gross. I mean, I think that she was just so much in like crisis mode. But (laughs) you just wait. So get this. The next morning after he gets invited to stay in the White House, he stays there one night and Mm -hmm. visits Jackie in her quarters, Mm -hmm. goes back to his room. The next morning, when everyone wakes up, Aristotle Onassis is gone. While everyone slept the night before, he slipped out of Washington and did not go to Jack's funeral the next day. He did not even go to the funeral. What? And didn't say bye or anything? Didn't give Jackie a reason? Everybody just woke up in the morning and he was gone. The day of the funeral. The day of the funeral. I think that's so shady because it's like you're almost making it about you. Oh, like yeah. instead of you just not being a part of the picture at all, or you just being there, being a supportive role in the background to just show your support and pay your respects. It's like, oh, I'm here. Look at me. I care about you. And then you're gone and not but, going to the funeral. So it's like obviously not for respect for JFK, and, and you're not pride. even trying to be supportive. No, to to, Lee? to Jackie or Lee, or you Jackie, ditched, yes. and you didn't even tell them why. So it's like, literally, how there's no scenario, yeah, exactly, there's no scenario where you come out looking good in that Mm -hmm. situation, unless, like, straight up, your family member also just died, and you had to leave, and then you left a note or something. Right. So that morning, at Jack's funeral that, that Onassis did not go to, Jackie presented herself as a symbol of strength for her country. This is Janet's memory of the event. It's a blur. I have fleeting memories of Jackie with the black veil, Hugh trying to force back tears in the East Room. Walking to the Capitol behind Bobby, Jackie, and Ted, but mostly, it's all just black. Nothing but black. Soon after they buried Jack, Jackie had her deceased babies exhumed and placed next to their dad in the Arlington Cemetery. Patrick had only been buried for three months before his dad was killed. The priest who performed the service recalled that Jackie was tormented with a familiar question to those grieving Why did God let this happen? She was crying all day, every day, barely sleeping, taking pills, drinking too much, and pretty much doing anything that she could just to get through each day. Lee moved into Jackie's new house with the kids to keep everyone company. One evening, with the entire family all together at her house, including her mom and Hugh and her step-siblings, Jackie told everything. Her face was completely blank, and she told a shockingly detailed account of what she had experienced that day in Dallas, including... I realized suddenly I had his brains in my hand. And guess what Janet's reply to that was? She said, smiling faintly, Jackie, you know that none of that really happened, don't you? What is up with parents? I feel like it's a mom's way of being like, that's too painful to admit. Yeah. Or I don't want to have to hear, like, it's too painful for me to hear that you had to go through that. But it's so not fair. Automatic denial. It's yes. Like automatic. But no. it's not fair to the child well, that right. did go through that. Yeah, right. The least you could do is listen to me and sympathize, you know? Yeah, validate my feelings. But I feel like that's that has to be because it's too common of a thing. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it happens too often. Yeah, I think and it's a, it's a very, like, maternal mechanism. thing. Yeah, that they just, like, can't even let that enter their realm of possibility. Yeah. They,
1: so they don't they know what to do it about it,
0: so it's just... So immediately, Jackie's like, oh, what? She's screaming and said, of course I didn't make it up, mummy. Why would I make up such a thing? Her mom wasn't talking about the fact that brains were in her hands. She was talking about, like, the entire event? Like, I don't understand. It's not clear. I'm assuming that she's talking about, like, the details of it. Mm -hmm. She wants it to be like, oh, he just died. And that was that. Like, you lost your husband. But don't tell me that you were right next to him when he got shot and you realize you have brains in your hand and there was blood. I mean, she saw her that day. Jackie, there's photos. Jackie has dried blood all over her pink wool matching suit. And she purposely did not change in Dallas. She wore it all the way home so that all the news reporters and everything would film her with this, like, morbidly graphic scene on her clothes so that everyone would know the reality extent of it. Yeah, the... Gravity. Yeah, like, the extreme gore of what happened. Mm -hmm. Jackie wanted the whole country to know. This isn't just, like... Oh, he died. Like he was it's there, not, and then he's no- not exactly. It's not this neat little bow. This was violence. She's wanting the whole country to know that. And then her mom is like, "That didn't happen." <laughs> By July, Jackie really wasn't doing much better. And now we obviously know that she was suffering from an extreme case of PTSD. But back then, it was like, "Oh, she's sad." And when a car would backfire, it would send her, like, into a full panic. But PTSD didn't exist back then. So they kind of were just... Like, she's not doing well. Right. Yeah. So Aristotle Onassis stopped by to see Jackie quite often. Once a friend asked if Lee trusted him, and she reportedly replied, with my life. I don't understand why Jackie would even entertain him, ever. Because she literally told her sister, don't marry this dude. Like Like, Jackie told Lee when Lee wanted to be with Onassis... Like, he's not loyal. You need to marry Radswell. That's the right thing to do. Yeah. And now she's dating this guy. Why would you do that, A, to your sister, but B, why would you even ever choose this dude? Yeah, we're going to get into that later because Jackie kind of reflects back a little bit later in the story. And I don't want to spoil anything, but <laughs> yes. Basically, yes to everything you said. So the friend talking to Lee, who Lee was like, I trust him with my life. The friend said that she wanted to reply, really (laughs) like the same but she said she didn't want to add to Lee's stress so she just didn't say anything the friend was the the friend asked Lee how much do you trust Onassis because he's like going to visit Jackie all the time why is he doing that and Lee said I trust him with my life and she the friend wanted to say like really you do at this time Jackie was more interested in another man though Jack Warnicky, the third Jack in her life. So we've had her dad, Black Jack, Jack Kennedy, and now Jack Warnicky. And, and then, she's plus obviously, also. Jackie. Yeah. So listening to this on the podcast must be fun. Yeah. Jack Warnicky tells of a time when they were chatting at her home and he asked her what mattered to her. Here's her response Freedom, she said. I want to be able to have a good life and not have any restrictions put on me by the public. I had a life before I was a Kennedy, and I hope to still have one now that my husband is gone. She also wanted her children to be able to live as normally as possible, quote unquote. Then she said, power is important. Power matters, Jack. I don't necessarily have to wield it, but definitely any man I am with has to have it at his disposal. Are you talking about money? Jack replied. Sure, she said. Money is power. (laughs) This family and, and money. But Jack didn't really have any money. I mean, for the normal standard, he for sure did. But for Jacqueline Bouvier Kennedy's standard, he did not. She told him that she felt she was moving too quickly. It had only been a year since JFK was killed. So she wanted to pump the brakes on the relationship, which I think is a nice excuse for... You're too poor for me. Yes. I listened to um, an interview with a couple of historians and they said that She, at first in their relationship, was, like, using his money to, like, buy a bunch of clothes and all this stuff. And then he had to tell her, like, hey, I can't really keep up with this. This is putting me in a really bad spot. And it wasn't very long after that that she was like, okay, never mind. But there was someone else hanging out in her peripherals. More on that later. In the beginning of 1965, Lee was trying to figure out how the heck to be happy. And Lee is still married to Radswell? Yes. I'm sick of all of it, Lee said. Money, power, politics, and family, I want out. Onassis seemed to be perfectly fine with her still being married to Radziwill. He wasn't jealous anymore like he used to be. He had even given her husband, Stosh, a position on the board of his airline company. And she and Onassis hadn't gotten any closer in the past two years. So their relationship was long. She started to look back and try to figure out when she had been happy. She decided definitely when she was working for Harper's Bazaar, before she married Michael Canfield, remember whenever she took her Mm -hmm. mom and her friend to to tour? So like early 20s? Yep. And also during that brief time, she was working for Vogue in Europe. So both before children? Yes. He's like, I'm judging you. She concluded that she was happiest when she was doing something creative, something outside her house and her family that connected her to art, culture, and people. What I am seeking is self-expression by exploration and by opening up my mind to different ways of life. I was brought up to be the fat, delicious one that everyone liked to squeeze. The fat, happy child who would marry someone in the racket club and drive around in a station wagon all the time to pick up 12 children and bring them home to a rose-covered cottage. <laughs> I mean, sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> Honestly. But Lee bouvier Radzewell was never going to be that woman. She tried her hand at acting, it didn't last long, but for Jackie it didn't matter if Lee was going to be good or if she was bad, she was going to support her sister and that was the end of it for her. Here's an overheard conversation between the sisters after one of Lee's first performances that I got from the book, Jackie, Janet, and Lee. Fantastic, Jackie exclaimed in front of everyone as she embraced Lee, who seemed a little embarrassed. Was I really good, Lee asked. Yes, Jackie answered, absolutely. (laughs) Encouraged by her friend, Truman Capote, Lee accepted a role in a play, The Philadelphia Story. It was scheduled to run for four weeks at a theater in Chicago, starting on June 20th, 1967. The show's producer wanted to bill her as Princess Lee Radziwill. She refused. Which is a little bit weird because she, when JFK was first elected, all of the reporters and stuff were like trying to call her Mrs. Canfield and she was like, no, it's Princess Lee Radziwill. Mm-hmm. And now she's like, do not call me Princess Lee Radziwill," she said. That she wanted to be known as Caroline Bouvier in order to set her new career apart from her public persona. Her acting career was about her, not her husband or her marriage. They finally agreed on Lee Bouvier for the marquee, though the producer was not happy about it. Lee also said that there should be no mention of Jackie in her Playbill biography, which made zero sense to the producer as well. Why were people coming to see her if not because she was Jackie's sister? She just, like, cannot get out of her own way. She, she makes life so difficult on herself. Yep. Also, no one ever makes their own way. Like, no one's ever famous because yeah. of their... Like, Jackie is only famous because of JFK. Literally. Like, before that. Do you think people are going to come swarming to but, care about who she is? No, she's she only got crazy famous because she was the first lady. That's true. So she's writing so, on the coattails of JFK. Right. And why can't Lee ride on the coattails of JFK through? Both of them. Through <laughs> and also before that, the only reason she ever got to marry JFK was because her mom and her dad put her in all the right schools. I knew how lucky I was to have such an opportunity, but there was a price to be paid. I was walking into an incredible barrage of criticism, much more than most actresses on stage for the first time. I knew everybody would be out for blood. People were waiting to laugh but it would have taken more than that to stop me. Lee fully expected Jackie to be at the premiere of her show to support her, but Jackie wasn't anywhere to be found. Lee had one of her friends call Jackie to see where the heck she was, but when he got a hold of her, she told him that she wasn't coming. She told him that anywhere she went, a circus was sure to ensue, and she wanted this to be Lee's moment, so she was going to stay home. She told him to take care of Lee. She said she wanted Lee to be okay. And maybe that would have been a kind thing to do, but it got weird when Jackie said that she wouldn't be able to make any of Lee's performances during the show's four-week run. I understand not coming to the premiere because it's going to be like this giant spectacle, like madhouse. Like, yeah, you're going to cause a circus for sure. But come to like week three, show four, mm-hmm. like or like sneak in the back, like you don't yes. even have to tell anyone. Go in a disguise, and Lee has been there for pretty much everything going on with Jackie, even though she wasn't happy about it. Yeah. So then the other foot dropped. Lee wasn't naive and they had all the same friends. So it wasn't long before she found out that Jackie had gone on a trip alone with Onassis and hid it from her. Why in the... Oh my gosh. Why do people do these things to themselves? Like honestly...
1: There That's are a billion
0: good. other dudes in the freaking world. Why? And you have connections Why? to all of them. You could have access oh. to all of them. Why and do you have they to probably want to be with you? Yeah. Why do you want to pick the one that your sister is? Like, no. Here's I the thing. I not even. She Lee was still in a relationship with him currently. Not like oh, this is your ex. Why would you even choose somebody's ex? I wouldn't even choose someone that my sister talked to. Straight up. But this dude is still literally having an ongoing years, almost a decade long affair with your sister, with yes, your freaking one sister. I cannot with people like that. Even when friends do that crap, I'm like, you're a bad friend. Yeah, <laughs> But honestly, that's though. That's too much. Especially I'm sorry, but there's no one who is that good. Like, he, he, he it's not worth it. I promise you, it's, you can find someone better. It is not worth it, first of all. Second of all, it's clearly not worth it because this dude is dating you and your sister at the exact same time. So it's not even like, oh, she just thinks that he's so great. Right. He's not. No. And also you have children. So like you're supposed to be looking for a suitor that can be a father. And, yeah. <laughs> and he is the opposite. He is He's the like the party boy of a role model. He's a party boy. He's a criminal. And he is clearly a player and just clearly gross. has no morals. None. And he ditched you on your freaking husband's funeral day. Like, you have absolutely every strike against you, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Your money, it has to be like a Trump type of a, type of a thing. It is. Like, <laughs> it's the money and it's the power. The money. I'm going to put the Lana song in. If I can't <laughs> have love, I want power. That too. Halsey and Lana. <laughs> understand. Well, straight up, that's how she We're felt. P- she said that that's how she felt. Yeah. She said she, if
1: I can't she have wants money. I in. want power.
0: Yeah, she was dating a man that she actually liked. He didn't have enough money for her. And so she chose. Her priority was power over love, over emotions. Yeah, and it has over been since an, the beginning. Over a decent human. Yeah, over a decent partner, which is f- totally fine. And I don't even have that many quarrels against. If you're just a you, a lonesome person, right? You have freaking children. children. Like you are literally raising human beings, mm-hmm. and you're going to pick this dude who has nothing. I mean, maybe he has some traits that he can pass down. He's a shrewd businessman, whatever. But mostly he's not going to Just be, has money to pass down. Yes, mostly he just has money, and like I promise you, your kids don't need money as much as they need you to be there and supportive and showing them a good role model. Jackie should know better because a she comes from a broken family, and maybe that's why she's like she didn't even know what she what she sh- was supposed to be providing for her kids. You know, I guess yeah, she just didn't have good examples, but she she's has a head intellectual. On her Let's freaking think about this for a second. Like she's smart. Yeah. And honestly, Jack Kennedy seemed like a good dad. He wasn't a good, faithful partner, but he involved Jackie in, like, he, it, I really do think that he was just, didn't understand yeah. what was right and wrong almost. Yeah. Like, he, and, Or like maybe he understood, like, quote-unquote, people say this is wrong, but like... It didn't feel wrong to him. Yeah, and in his family it wasn't. But, like, if you look at where he spent his time... Uh, I mean, of course he wasn't there for her. I don't know. Uh, He's very confusing because he spent a lot of weekends, like, at Marywood, the Auchincloss estate. Even if Jackie wasn't there, he'd be like, hey, I'm lonely this weekend. Can I come hang out, Janet? And he would bring the kids and come hang out. No way. With Yeah. And so he He was was definitely a family family man. man. Yeah. Yeah. And he was always there for his kids. And I feel like he respected her a lot as well, especially for the time and her being a woman, her being, like what was expected of that type of a role. That was part of he why. He gave her so much access to pow- to the power and the decision making. That's part of why he, they were together in the yeah. first place. Because she really impressed him with how smart she was. We so, all have our flaws, whatever. So we all have our flaws, but this Aristotle Onassis guy. So this is, it's like she kind of had some sort of picture of what a father should be. Mm-hmm. And then this is the dude that you choose and also her dad was... Yeah, I mean, he was a bad husband, but a, but good, a dad. good dad. Yeah, so maybe that's that's what she was thinking. Like he had... Well, and I, also how old are her kids at this point? Like are they like straight up children still? Or are they like nearing their 20s? No, they're not nearing their 20s, they're kids. They're kids. Hang on, let me look at how old they were. Okay, yeah, dude, they were young. So at the funeral, look at this photo. Oh, wow, yeah, little, little. Caroline. Which is her first girl right yeah caroline is the oldest and she's five so they're not even grade school yet no and then do you remember patrick the stillborn baby or the no he wasn't stillborn he was born and then he died in the hospital he'd only been dead for three months before jfk was killed so they were really young yeah they needed a dad yeah They fully needed that. Maybe she was thinking this dude has so much money and maybe she felt like she had him like wrapped around her finger. So there was like stability in that way. Mm -hmm. And so she thought, oh, I can leave like a legacy, like financially. Uh, My kids will be financially secure and won't have to want for anything and and I'll have access to power and whatever. Like we'll be good to go on that front. And she was thinking I can do all of the actual like parenting. I don't know. I just looked it up. John F. Kennedy Jr. was born in 1960. So that means that he was three years old. So her kids were five and three. People <laughs> are going to come for me about like, she needs to be happy. You, you should be able to find happiness in any decent partner. It would have been almost easier for her to find happiness with a good partner who didn't have money than it would have been for her to f- be happy with Aristotle Onassis. I don't think that he made her happy. I think he had freaking money. So anyway, we'll talk about that more in a little bit. But in an almost confirmation of Lee's suspicions, suddenly, every time she tried to reach out to Onassis, he was in a meeting or in some other way indisposed every single time she called. Why can these grown freaking adults not get it together and just communicate? Like Literally, he he has said nothing to her at all that anything's wrong. And he's going on a trip with her sister. Like, it would be better for you to just be a straight up douchebag and be like, You know what? I don't like you anymore. I'm kind of into your sister. Like, that would have been better than just straight up ignoring and doing things behind her back. Yeah. And then all she ever got from Jackie in the entirety of her show's run was Dearest Peaks, as many good wishes for your last night as for your first, and all love. We'll call when you are in New York, Jackie. And she needed her sister. Janet showed up, which was awesome since Jackie wasn't going to be there. On the third night of the play, a friend who had flown in to see the show asked where Jackie was and Lee immediately said she didn't want to talk about it. The friend started apologizing for Jackie, saying, oh, I know for a fact that she's in Ireland, as if Lee didn't already know that. She was her sister, not this friend. Lee was brushing out her hair at her vanity and staring in the mirror and said, She couldn't even be here for one night of four weeks. Like as if she was trying to actually like think about it in her head as the friend was like talking to her. Lee was like, I don't want to talk about it. But then she was like, she couldn't have even literally come for one night and trying to piece it together. And then she said, no, she would be here unless she had a very, very good reason. And then she held up her hand when the friend tried to reply and said, nope, she did not want to hear anything the friend had to say. She said, I am telling you. I know my sister better than anyone, and something is very wrong. I do feel bad for Lee. Yeah. And that sucks. And her sister, that's a really crappy thing for her sister to do. But also, Lee kind of did the same thing with like the whole not going to pick up her kid. Mm hmm. Just because she didn't want to have to. Just avoided the situation. Avoided her mom and her sister because. It seems like a family tradition. Yeah. Don't say anything. Don't talk about it. Just wait for Just it to, to blow over. It. And then we'll all be good to go. And we none of us have to ever even discuss it. So in May of 1968, Jackie joined Onassis on a cruise of the Virgin Islands on his boat, the Christina. Reports say that they still slept in separate rooms on this trip. But apparently this is when Onassis asked her to marry him. And they still haven't told Lee. Still haven't said a word to Lee. And now they're talking about getting married. Why would she? Protection. He had an actual army of 75 security men, some with machine guns. And it was almost impossible for her to go anywhere without a mob at this point. Her husband was also shot in public right next to her. So this may have been the PTSD speaking. And it was about to get even scarier for Jackie because on June 5th, 1968, the phone rang. It was Stosh, Lee's husband, and he asked how Bobby Kennedy was. He had just won the California primary for the Democratic nomination for the presidency that year. So Jackie was super excited and responded to Stosh thinking he was talking about the election. And Bobby and Jackie got really, really close after Jack Kennedy died because Bobby was his closest brother. Like they were always the closest out of all of his brothers and siblings. And since Those two, Jackie and Bobby, were the closest to JFK when he died. They kind of, like, really identified with each other and sympathized with each other. Or, I guess, empathized. And so it just bonded them. Yeah, it bonded them. So then this happens. So she's like, oh my gosh, isn't it so wonderful? He won the election. And Stosh is like, no, no, how is he? Like, have you heard how he's doing? Is he going to be okay? And Jackie's like, excuse me, what are you talking about? Obviously, he's doing amazing. He just won the election. And Stosh just responds, Jackie, he's been shot. He had taken a bullet to the head, and it was actually now in critical condition. She got on a plane that day and got to the hospital around 1.30 in the morning, and everyone said that she was super shaken when she got there. Can you imagine getting that phone call? Your husband dies right next to you, and then you get a phone call that His His brother, brother, which which is basically like your brother, basically. The closest thing you have to your husband. Yeah, him. I would literally be like, this isn't happening right now. Like I would just, my body body. would be leaving. Yeah, my soul would be leaving my body. I would be dying right there. (laughs) This is just Dallas all over again. Yeah, just trauma on trauma on trauma. This was the person that- knew the most of what she was going through after her husband died. He was the one that she would talk to about her trauma and about how she was feeling because he was the closest person that would have a similar experience. And so now that person has had the same thing happen. He had a wife, Ethel, who was pregnant at the time, and he had 10 more older children. Jeez. So then Jackie gets to the hospital and Ethel asks Jackie to pull the plug on his life support. Yeah, he wasn't going to make it and she couldn't bring herself to do it, Ethel. And so Jackie had to talk to the doctors and get it done. Oh my gosh. So he died. Oh my gosh. How were they both murdered? Is It was the same people or what? I don't know. I, I didn't look into the conspiracies because that is a can of worms. Yeah. But when we do, I really think we should do a Kennedy... Um, episode because politics was their family business Mm -hmm. and they all were involved and uh, there's lots of stories around the Kennedys. So I think we should do an episode about them and we'll have to look into it. That is crazy. It's insane. So in London, Lee was so upset by this that she couldn't stop crying long enough to drive safely, and she actually ended up getting a reckless driving charge. So she stayed back one extra day to try to compose herself while Stosh went ahead and flew to LA to be with everybody because Bobby was at the California Democratic election, and so everybody had to go out to California. But Lee had dinner with friends that night in London, and apparently she went off on a giant tangent about how awful her sister was and how her life is going to be hell trying to calm her down for the next few months because this tragedy will bring up the old one. And according to a friend, she literally said, She gets so that she hits me across the face and a propos of nothing. She's so jealous of me, but I don't know if it's because I have Stosh and two children and I have gone my own way and become independent, but she goads me to the extent that I yell back at her and say, thank heavens, at last I've broken away from my parents and you and everything of my former life. And allegedly, once Lee got started on Jackie, it was really hard for her to stop and she just vomited everything. Jackie's mental health did a nosedive after As you would expect. It wasn't good to begin with, but it got exponentially worse after that. There was almost no stability in her. She didn't want to wake up in the morning, and on top of that, she was getting death threats and kidnapping threats against her children. People are absolutely savage. These had actually started after Jack died, but according to the FBI, after Bobby's death, she was famously quoted saying, If they're killing Kennedys, then my children are targets. And that is most likely why she took Onassis up on his offer. So she was trying to be a good mom. She had just lowered her standards from, I'm going to try to raise these kids well, to, let's keep these children alive." alive. Yeah, wow. When Janet found out what she was contemplating, the marrying Onassis situation, Janet freaked out. She quite literally begged her not to do it. Not just because she didn't approve of Onassis. She knew that he was a horrible person. But... More because she knew that Lee was in love with him. It didn't matter how rich this guy was, she would never be approving of a relationship that would pit Lee and Jackie against each other. She kind of pit them against each other by comparing them all the time, but mothers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Jackie called her mom on Monday, October 14th, 1968, and told her that she had decided to marry Aristotle Onassis immediately. The media had started to go crazy over her relationship with Onassis, and she was scared that her life was becoming completely unmanageable with paparazzi pounding her and her kids anywhere that they went. Janet did not want to hear it. She thought that Jackie should just take the kids into hiding and wait it out, not marry Onassis over it. Janet was so confused about why Jackie would be marrying him that she started to think that maybe Jackie was punishing her for divorcing her dad back in the day. This family is full of self-righteous people. Honestly, everyone thinks it's all about them. Yeah, I kind of understand why Jackie wants to be with him and that that gives her security and that she's had multiple people in her family that she's close to with the same last name as her children be absolutely murdered and they don't really know why or what's going on. Right. And they can't just like... The dude isn't just behind bars and that's it. We still don't know what's going on. So I get that need for security, but do you know how many other people there are who also have security guards and stuff who are also crazy rich? And the FBI was involved. They were trying to protect Protect her. Yeah. So, I I mean, I understand that, yes, personal security might be able to do a little bit more, but she was just so freaked out at this point that I just think that she was so desperate. She just made decisions. Full survival mode. Yeah. Yeah. She couldn't even think about, oh, what is my sister going to feel about this? Another theory of Janet's was that maybe it was just about money. Jackie's mom did not think that Jackie was making this decision for the kids to protect them. She literally was like, she's marrying this dude because he's rich. So I don't know. That says stuff too. The people who know you the most. Yeah. Think that. Which I'm sure like... And the reason that he, he can have all the security is because he's rich. He can afford them. Exactly. So it all does go back to money and what you can afford, the luxuries that you have. And there was actually a money deal in place at this time. Jackie was going to get about $1.5 million from Onassis in an immediate lump sum right after they got married. Her lawyer actually managed to double that before they actually got married. So she got $3 million in 1968. So for what, like why? Just for marrying him, just as like a prenuptial agreement or whatever. What, I don't know what that's called. I do not understand that rich people problems in today's money. That three million would be more than twenty million. Jeez. She was also going to receive thirty thousand dollars a month for expenses, quote unquote expenses, and again that's about two hundred thousand dollars today a month. <laughs> and then each of her kids would receive one million and the annual interest on that would re- would revert back to Jackie. So the the kids were going to get a million dollars each when she married him, not when he died, when she married him. I think when you are in that class and just in yeah. that world, you are marrying like as a business transaction, as like a future investment. Not When you're that, that, that far up in that 1% of 1%, yeah. Yeah. When you're This is liter- not like normal rich people. No. I'm not talking just like celebrity status or like... Like normal rich people? No. This is like old money. Like full... Yeah, exactly. Like generation after generation. This like, is what life is about. Yeah. And that's what you're taught. People do marry for money, I'm sure, more than we think. I'm sure. And like to just get ahead in life. And the thing is, isn't it ironic that Janet is like judging her for marrying him for money? But isn't that what she did with Hugh? the exact same thing, yeah. The exact same thing. If you just look at the historical events that were going on right here, money was on her mind at this time for sure. Her grandpa on her mom's side, her grandpa Lee, had just died and her and Lee didn't think that they were going to get a lot from him. But they thought that they would get something and he didn't leave them a penny. And he helped them out while he was alive. Yeah. That's weird. I don't know. It's so strange. Maybe he was just like, you guys are fine. Maybe. Maybe he thought they were married. They got it figured out. I don't know. Like he was there for them when they were young, but. Or maybe he just gave it all to their mom and thought that their mom would help out if she thought that they needed to or, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he didn't really know what was going on. So he's like, well, Janet can figure it out. Yeah, she'll deal with it. Truman Capote was a friend of Lee's, and he said that as soon as she found out about Jackie and Onassis, she came to him asking how Jackie could do this to her and was sobbing. Uh, as to be expected. Onassis was actually the one that called and told Lee, not Jackie. I feel like Jackie was not even in denial about, like, how awful it was, what she was doing. Right. She knew. She was just like, I... It's so awful, I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. And like, I'm choosing what I'm choosing and I'm not going to, I'm not going to face it. Like, I don't care. I need this to happen. I need this business transaction to go through and I will feel so guilty if I talk to my sister. So I'm not even going to face that. Right. Like, honestly, I thought Jackie was fine, like a good person and like, didn't, hadn't really done anything in this story so far that has like really pissed me off. Like she's made some questionable decisions and stuff, but nothing like that bad. Yeah. This, that would be hard to forgive. Especially with how much Lee has already lost everything to Jackie. This is unnecessary. This is unnecessary extra torture. Yep. And then Lee's going to get some points. Just hang on. So when Onassis called Lee to tell them, hey, we haven't said anything yet, but we're together and we're getting married, he begged Lee to come to the wedding in Greece. They were having it there so that the press would have like an excuse for a bunch of the Kennedys not coming to the wedding. The real reason that the Kennedys weren't coming to the wedding was because they were like, "This is bullcrap." But it was like, "Oh, show. it's in Greece, so they can't travel that far." I was wondering what the Kennedys thought since their That's nieces their and nephews and grandchildren, yes. yeah, grandchildren are in that family, like, and, they, and still chill like babies. Like they, like whoever Jackie Marys is going to be raising. Here's their what family I think: members. the freaking Kennedys would have taken care of those kids financially. They had enough money.
1: I don't understand why they, they have to
0: have an exuberant like insane amount of money. They would have they would be insanely like wealthy 1% of 1% just with the Kennedys taking care of them. Yes. And still have power. Like that family definitely still has power no matter yes who's in office. <laughs> and you don't think that those Kennedys cared if their grandkids stayed alive like not, necessi- not even just stayed alive, like, well, had I'm the saying, group, but, best like, education, was completely taken care yes, but of, had I think, access to all the people, all the networking. Like, But I mean, on just the, like, PTSD part of it, like, the FBI's involved and you have the Kennedys, like, how can you not figure out security? So, when Lee got to Greece, she went to their wedding. Oh my gosh. She showed up at the Christina, Onassis's yacht, and immediately noticed that her sister actually looked happy talking with Onassis. The last few years of memories of her sister were filled with depression, anxiety, and lots of pills that altered her personality. She immediately remembered conversations of Jackie wanting to join Jack in the afterlife and all of the torture that her sister had been in. After Bobby's funeral, Jackie got to the point where she sometimes even seemed like delusional talking about Jack and Bobby as if they were still alive and worrying about like a White House task that she needed to do or duty as if she was still the First Lady. She had also mentioned to Lee that if anything did happen to her kids, she would simply not survive it. Like, she was just gonna be done. So with all of that in her mind, Lee almost burst into tears when she saw her sister laugh. Allegedly, when she walked up to the two of them on the boat's deck, Onassis didn't have the heart to face Lee, so he literally just walked away and left the two sisters alone to talk. Jackie hugged Lee and thanked her for coming. Then, oh, it's just so disgusting. I hate it. Then, according to Lee, Jackie grabbed her forearm with both hands and said, I need this, Lee. And Lee knew it was true, so she replied, I know you do, and you should have it. And that was the full extent of the Bouvier sisters' discussion about Aristotle Onassis. Jackie then asked Lee to be her matron of honor, and Lee agreed. She needed him more than I did. It was as simple and as complicated as that, Lee. So a friend made a statement That literally, like, oh, breaks my heart. She said, I don't think anyone in her family ever fully acknowledged the sacrifices that Lee made for Jackie where Onassis was concerned. It has always bothered me when people questioned Lee's love for her sister. The depth a loved one has to feel for someone else to sacrifice so much cannot be measured. It is just that great. And as I see it, the facts speak for themselves. Remember, Lee basically gave up Onassis to, like their relationship probably would have moved forward if she hadn't like remarried Radzwill. That's whenever her and Onassis's relationship like stopped um progressing. And mm-hmm. she only did that to appease the Kennedys and her sister mm-hmm. and like protect the presidency. So mm-hmm. she, she did that for, for her Jackie in the first place. So she gave up Onassis for Jackie twice basically. The first time she gave him up, the second time she gave him to her. Up until Jackie literally got to the altar, Janet was still trying to talk her out of it. Through clenched teeth walking down the aisle, Janet is like, you don't don't have to do this. Please don't. Please walk away. Dude, I honestly might be saying the same thing. Same thing. After the wedding, Jackie continually tried to reconcile with her mom, but... Though they were invited many times, Janet and Hugh never again stepped foot on the Christina after the wedding day. Like, they went to the wedding, they paid their dues, and they were out, and they never went back. By the beginning of the 1970s, Jackie was starting to better understand her PTSD symptoms and her motivations in marrying Onassis. She realized that she probably would not have made that choice at any other time in her life. In February of 1971, Jackie took a trip back to the White House for the very first time. So it had been like almost a decade. Wow. The tr- Eight tr- years at least. Almost nine years. The Nixons had invited her and her kids so that they could see the official portraits of Jackie and JFK before they were unveiled. She had refused to go back up until this point because it really was the last time that she was truly happy when her life was still in one piece. She said that the day that she had dreaded for so long was actually one of the most precious days that she ever got to have with her kids. While it was not easy for Lee to continue on with Onassis still in her life, but married to her sister instead of her, she tried her best and decided to focus on the perks of Onassis being in the family. He was generous, there was always exciting people to hang out with, bougie trips to go on, shopping days, and Onassis even gave her a valuable piece of land in Greece. Janet told a friend, She put family first. I will always respect that about Lee. I guess maybe all those years when she was struggling so hard with Jackie, like, winning and getting everything, she couldn't excommunicate herself from the family. Like She did still want to be in the family. She still valued those relationships, so fully, like, walking away from the situation wasn't an option for her,
1: but she also couldn't
0: get over it, so she was just... And I'm sure she bit her tongue a lot more than we're giving her credit for. Yeah. And... Where They're just literally, like, taking everything, all the vent sessions she's ever had about Jackie exactly. and putting it into one book. And, and Jackie didn't tell people who, like, weren't JFK right. or her mom or Lee. And Lee's, like, telling everyone. If you're so used to, like, arguing and family dysfunction, you're just like, who freaking cares? Like, I clearly love my sister and, like, my life is going to show right. my loyalty my and love actions. for my sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I... Talk bad about her. It's whatever. It's my sister. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone hates their sister at some point. So the Onassis, Radziwill and Auchincloss households went on living life as a family. They had countless gatherings and trips and holidays together and actually made it work. Their kids never knew about their mother's personal lives and really only have happy memories of growing up with their cousins. It's said that the sisters actually took a joint approach in raising their kids and there was a lot of overlapping responsibility between their households. It felt to the kids like they all had like two sets of parents, our Razzle mom and dad and our Onassis mom and dad. Wow. They were raised without adult concerns, but Janet was not so easily fooled. She knew her daughters much too well for that and she went to the grave believing that they would never really get past the Onassis thing. She noticed a clear difference in their relationship since it all went down and she knew that Onassis had damaged the trust between her daughters and she never forgave him for that. She said that when she would watch them, Jackie would walk away and she could almost like see Lee like wince a little bit, like there was pain in her eyes and she knew there was definitely something there, she said. Something that kept me up at night. She tried to get them to talk about it and get everything out in the open. She even called a meeting at the Plaza Hotel in New York, but both girls stayed adamant that there was nothing to resolve. It was driving Janet crazy. No one ever talks in this family. Secrets. That's what we do best. Janet. And then enter Peter Beard. He was Jackie's friend and a babysitter for the kids anytime they were in New York. He was a photographer that Jackie had met at a party. Peter frequented parties thrown by New York's A-listers, Andy Warhol, Mick Jagger. He had come from a wealthy railroad family, but like Lee and Jackie, none of the wealth ever actually trickled down to him. It's like his family was rich, but Mm -hmm. he wasn't. Peter was also hot. That's kind of why Jackie kept him around. He like made her situation living with Onassis a little bit less terrible. She never slept with him, but she just kind of like
1: Had liked looking him. at him. Yeah. yeah,
0: She never wavered on her opinion of cheating. And then I got this next part from the book Jackie, Janet, and Lee. Peter was the anti-Onassis, is how one of Lee's friends put it. Onassis was rich. Peter was poor. Onassis demanded the best hotels and living accommodations anywhere he went. Peter was happy sleeping in a tent. Onassis bought... Expensive art. Peter made collages. Everything Onassis was, Peter was not. Everything Peter was, Onassis was not. And Lee knew it. She told me, I had a chance to be with a man who had all the money in the world, and I decided against it. That was my decision. Now I have decided on Peter. Who said that? Lee. (laughs) It'd be like that sometimes. (laughs) Janet did not approve of the relationship and kicked Lee out of their car in the middle of Piccadilly Circus. Talking about it once, so Lee is like, "I'm gonna date the hot guy that Jackie keeps around the house and take him away from her because he i can, yeah, because she took Onassis and she's still married to Radzwill and she's, yeah, I think Lee does not give a crap about. She's not give a crap. (laughs) I think that she she also like him being the anti Onassis. It was almost like, oh, let me show you how much I didn't want Onassis. You didn't take him from me. I I chose not to be with him." I'm going to choose to be with someone who's so opposite of him that, like, everyone will know that I'm not jealous of Jackie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. In January of 1973, Onassis' son died in a crash while flying his own plane, and Onassis and his entire family blamed Jackie for it. They said that she was cursed and that she brought tragedy with her wherever she went. First, she cursed the Kennedys with death, and now the Onassis family. Okay. That's not a freaking curse. That is... Life with money and power and fame. Right. Obviously, it's insane sounding, but Jackie knew grief and the lies that it told, so she looked past what was said and she continued to love Onassis. A year and a half later, though, he wanted a divorce. For the first time in a while, the sisters were in a very similar position. Lee, just when she had really started to commit to Peter Beard, found him in bed with another woman. Lee was also working on a memoir at the time of the sister's childhood in Lasada with their dad, Black Jack. While on a cruise on the Christina, they spent hours and hours retelling stories, and it actually helped them like regain some of their closeness that they used to have, working on the memoir together and reminiscing over all of their childhood stories. Jackie was 45 at the time, and Lee was 41, and as they told stories of like missing teeth and school costume parties, they started to wonder why they had ever let anything get in between them. In front of a bunch of other people on that trip while reminiscing, Jackie laid her head on Lee's shoulder and said, I haven't been a very good sister to you, have I? Lee replied with, I know we can both do better. Jackie reportedly had tears in her eyes after that response. According to the friends on that trip, when they were about to say goodbye, Lee said she was looking forward to their next visit to their mom's house, and Jackie responded by tapping her on the shoulder and said, you're it. Lee said, oh no, I'm not. And then they started chasing each other around the ship's deck like they were kids again. March 15th, 1975, Onassis passed away due to an illness that he'd been battling. He and Jackie were still married, but his daughter literally hated Jackie. She's the one that the boat was named after. Her name's Christina. And she thought that the whole curse thing was true. So she fought Jackie hard on what she would inherit. And apparently, Greek law lets you like fight a person's will. Like even if the will states, I'm giving this much to this person. You can go to the court and like contest it. Yeah. So Jackie had to end up settling for $25.5 million total and $6 million of that went to taxes, 500000 to lawyer fees. So she ended up with $19 million in the bank. Still a lot of money, but compared to what Onassis was worth, it was not much at all. Also, people mostly assume that Jackie was as rich as she was just from inheriting money from Onassis, but it actually wasn't the money that she got, but what she did with it that made her so rich. She had a good friend who was an investor and he helped her like buy grocery stores and stocks and a bunch of stuff. And just within a few years, her money exploded. Onassis did not leave a dime tilly. After Onassis died, Jackie wanted a career, and in typical Jackie fashion, she easily figured out what she wanted to do, and then she just did it with little opposition. She basically had zero experience, but she wanted to be a book editor. She was obviously really well-read, and she was one of the most famous women in America, so she just walked in to a publishing place, and they hired her. The publishing world opened their arms to her, and guess who had been trying to get a memoir published for two years? before Jackie even thought about writing. Lee. Lee. They had literally worked on it together. Like, they not worked on it together, but they had, like, been telling stories and, like, thinking, oh, what should we put in? And Lee's book idea was eventually greenlit, but when she turned in the manuscript, the publisher said that there were major issues with the writing and that she needed to hire a ghostwriter. Lee could not get her head around, like, somebody else writing her memoir. She was like, well, then it's not a memoir. Mm -hmm. So she just like forgot the whole idea. She's like, never mind. If I can't write it, I don't want to do it. They also were asking her to write a bunch about the Kennedys and that type of stuff too. So it was was probably just all of it. She was like, never mind. This is not what I want. So now Jackie just out of the blue decides, oh, I want to be a book editor. And then she walks into a publishing house, gets a job, and apparently is naturally a much better writer than Lee. Obviously. Jack. We learned in the first episode, I think it was. Yeah, Jackie was a journalist and like went to school for journalism. So I'm sure she picked was, up some skills. Yeah, was well versed in writing, and she definitely was well read. So, so she I was, mean, she had always been a writer, but it was just so shortly after Lee was trying to get yes. the book deal, and it was just and like, Jackie oh. hadn't touched the writing world in decades. decades. Yeah. And obviously, she did not mean to hurt Lee by it, but she said that she had experienced much of her life through her husband's experiences, and now she wanted to set herself apart as her own woman. But from Lee's perspective, Jackie hadn't even bothered to tell her. Jackie didn't say, hey, I'm going to go be a book editor. She had to hear it from a friend. And so maybe Jackie like knew that it would bother her, and so that's why she didn't talk about it. This family, man. It's all like expectations and lack of communication Mm -hmm. and avoiding it's avoiding communication and avoiding confrontation even Mm -hmm. though there's so much need for confrontation Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like you can have a very dysfunctional not okay family but if you're all communicating about it and all working through it together like working through it as it comes yeah Button. But if you let it all build up and never talk about it and it's all just stacking on top of each other, every failed expectation, every like missed- cancer in the relationship. Yeah. It just grows and grows and grows and grows. And they have a very dysfunctional family and a lot of crap goes yeah. down and there are so many moving parts and different characters in the story that if they would have taken every hit as it came, it would have been fine. But it's right. like they just had so many skeletons in their closet that their closet was a Just bursting, like bound to explode. (laughs) People magazine wrote, Jackie O is just amazing. She really can do it all. A longtime friend of the sisters said, Jackie was still the star and everything always seemed to go so well for her. Lee was absolutely swamped by this. June 27th, 1976, Stosh Radzewill, Lee's ex-husband now, whenever she started the affair with Peter Beard, a few months into the affair, they went ahead and got a divorce. So he passed away, but Lee would never stop loving him, and he was both of her kids' dad. Mm -hmm. So it was devastating for her. And they had been together for so long. So long. Lee told one of Stosh's older kids, The prince is gone. We built a real life. There were ups and downs, but at least we were together. In many ways, Stosh was my one sane relationship. I will always love him. He also was so much a part of their family. Yeah. Like, he was there for everything. He was close with JFK. He was close with their mom. He was... He was hired by Onassis. Like, he... Yes. He he was was involved in every family relationship that there was. He took a lot of punches. He was there for when Jackie became first lady, whenever she went through all that depression and, like, their baby being in the hospital for all Mm -hmm. those months. And he was trying to help her during all that. And then he had the affair. And he was immediately remorseful for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I think that out of all of their husbands, Jackie's and Lee's, Lee's, Stosh Radzil was was probably the best. He did get together with Lee through an affair, and he had one, but with what we've got to work with, Stosh was probably the best. Yeah, Agreed definitely like the most loyal and the most just present in the and family like, and what wanting was going on. the best for everybody else as yeah. well yeah yeah he showed up before lee even did when yes yeah he rushed whenever bobby like it wasn't even jfk it was his brother yeah and still he came to support the family. Jackie. yeah jackie was just as distraught as lee was she had come to love him as her brother they all traveled to London for the funeral and when they went to the lawyer's office to finalize everything and hear the will read, they were surprised to learn that Stosh had died without a penny to his name. Lee didn't even know. He actually owed a bunch of people money. When his business partner had died a few years earlier, he could not keep the business going. Like He was the guy who like went and closed the sales. He was very charismatic. Remember, he fled from Poland and then basically just social networked his way to the top. So mm-hmm. he was like very able to like use his personality to his advantage yeah he was like a people person but he he did not know anything about the business and so he wasn't able to like actually follow through and keep everything going and so he lost everything after his business partner died So when he passed, there was nothing to give to his kids. Lee said that she didn't care. She was just worried about providing an education for Anthony and Christina. Jackie, by this time, had plenty of money to share. So she swooped in and she actually started trust funds for her niece and nephew. Lee had developed a dependence on alcohol by this point in her life. And Jackie knew that in order for Lee to have enough bravery to get better, she was going to need her big sister. So in June of 1981, a glamorous Jackie O was seen in oversized sunglasses at night escorting an also glamorous Lee Radziwill in a sleek low bun into her very first Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Jackie was definitely the more like caretaking personality of the two sisters. As their mom Janet started to develop Alzheimer's, Jackie was the one who took the reins on making sure she was taken care of and she spent a lot of time at her mom's house. She actually even had to chase her mom's new husband off multiple times because there were signs that he was abusing Janet. So Hugh had already died and Janet was dating like this other guy and no one saw him abusing her, but she would have mysterious bruises and like he was just weird. So Jackie was like, no. She was at her mom's house as much as she possibly could. She made him move out of their main house into another house on the property and told all the staff like do not let him stay in this house always be around if he's gonna be around my mom make sure you're still in the room all that type of stuff and it was like a very very slow mental decline for their mom and then lee kept her distance the entire time like she just wasn't there and i think it was probably to protect herself emotionally from what was going on especially Um, since she was struggling so hard with alcoholism yeah like if she knew that there was no way for her to stay sober if she was dealing with all that that would be like a hard choice to make, yeah, but and it it is what it is, like maybe that's what Lee needed to do, but Jackie had a really hard time forgiving her for not being there. I mean, how could you not? Yeah. Like it it sucks for both. Like you're a mom yeah. and you need to stay sober and like yep. be there for your kids, but also your mom is dying and your sister's having to do it all like by deal herself. with it all by herself. And, and not, not only- just dying, like fully losing her mind. Losing her mind with Alzheimer's, dying, and there's this dude, I don't know if yeah. he's like mooching off of her or yeah, there's all kinds of cases of like senior abuse or whatever. yeah it was it called? Elder abuse. Yeah, elder abuse. So I don't know if that's what it was. It's just a lot to fall on one person's shoulders, and I think that this happens in probably most families. Like, it's never going to be an even weight shared responsibility. I can predict that you're going (laughs) to be the one. (laughs) It's going to be the trenches. I'm going to help as much as I possibly can. But but. it's just like the way that it is sometimes. And also personalities. She's the oldest. So she's probably, and like you said, the most caretaking personality. It was bound to happen, but it still sucks. Yeah. It's like this entire story is just happenstance and the stars aligning in a bad way. Death by a thousand cuts. This freaking family. Oh, yeah. So when their mom, Janet, actually passed away, Jackie was alone at her bedside. And she just felt abandoned by Lee. Especially because Lee was her only biological... Like, the auction class kids were all there. But, like, Jackie was, like, actually in the room with her mom when she died. And Lee wasn't there at all. Mm-hmm. And Jackie's, like... I feel like there's no way... There's no scenario on Earth that you wouldn't feel abandoned in that position. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. your mother, who you all stayed close to the, your yep. entire life, like, they weren't estranged at all. So... You can't not feel a little bitter, even if you know that you shouldn't or you feel like, okay, it's fine that she's not here. You're human. You're going to be hurt by it. At their mom's funeral, the sisters showed up in separate cars. But when Jackie broke down hysterically crying and like frantically like chain smoking in a corner by herself, Lee beelined straight to her sister's side. They had a complicated relationship and a checkered past, but it was theirs. Only they knew what each other had been through and what their mom meant to them. They scattered her ashes together at the end of the dock at the old Auchinloss estate. Their step-siblings said that as they watched from the shore, Jackie put her arm around Lee and Lee rested her head on Jackie's shoulder. They never found each other again after that. The only time they saw each other over the next five years was for holidays and their kids' birthdays. Jackie stayed in touch with all of her other siblings, but Lee almost entirely stopped communication with anyone in the family. It was like she was allowing her past to die with her mother. She built a happy life for herself with a new husband, Herbert Ross, and her kids, Anthony and Tina. Herbert was a director, and she immersed herself in his show business world, and maybe she kind of just did that to avoid those, like you said, emotional triggers that could affect her sobriety. Anthony, Lee's son, had battled cancer in the past, and in 1994, just as Jackie was diagnosed with cancer, Anthony's came back with a vengeance. Jackie's cancer was so aggressive that she and Lee didn't even have time to settle old scores. They didn't even really try, honestly, and they were there for each other like physically, but they didn't talk about anything. They were just kind of like duty calls, but it was still kind of awkward. It's like they knew, okay, we're not getting along. We need to have a big talk, but they didn't have like the energy or the motivation to like actually wade through it, didn't know if it was worth it. So they never had they never got to have that communication with each other. I feel like it'd be too hard at that point, like with the amount of things going on, like traumatic, terrifying, life-ending things happening. Yeah. Do you even have like the emotional or mental clarity to have a like productive, actually beneficial conversation? I feel like I wouldn't. And when I've been in times of like, I feel like I'm in survival mode, very stressful, traumatic periods. You, you, like, can't. can't even articulate, like, yeah. what you need to say. She They probably both didn't even know exactly how they felt in it. Right. Because they were in such survival mode and, like, probably trying to figure out what to do with their kids. Yeah. And all of that kind of stuff. And I feel like it probably wouldn't have even, like, done I anything agree. positive at that yeah. point. And neither of them probably even... Like, you don't want it. you don't, I don't want to talk about that. It, they were probably like, what is the freaking point? You've had our whole lives and we have a they, whole lifetime's worth of just crap to yeah. go through. And it, they, I don't want to spend my Understand? Last. They're like, we, I know that she knows that she knows that I know that crap has gone down. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not on the beachiest terms, but like, do we care? But no, we're still we're just going to be here. Yeah, for each other. And it is what it is. Mm hmm. Jackie wanted to die at her own home on her own terms, so when Lee got there, she was in a coma on an illegal amount of morphine. She went into her sister's bedroom alone and after about a half hour, came out with red splotchy eyes and said, My sister looks so beautiful. John, Jackie's son, asked her if she knew how much Jackie loved her. Lee got choked up and couldn't speak, but she nodded. She went back in with everybody and when she knelt down by the bed, she whispered to her sister, I love you so much. I always have, Jax. The next night, Jackie passed away on May 19, 1994, at 64 years old, and was buried at Arlington National Cemetery next to her first husband, President John F. Kennedy. Here's what was left in her will. I have made no provision in this my will for my sister, Lee B. Radziwill, for whom I have great affection, because I have already done so during my lifetime. Signed in March 1994. She left most of her estate to Caroline and John, her kids, and half a million dollars each to Anthony and Tina, Lee's kids. Princess Lee Radziwill died on February 15th, 2019 in Manhattan. Oh my gosh, like a lifetime later. She split her time between New York and Paris up until her death, and perhaps the most accurate quote of her life was, My sister spoke a rather lovely and convincing French, but I got to live a more French life. Lee Radziwill. If she had one thing over her sister it and was that's that. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's sad. So sad. It's so sad, but I think it could have been sadder and I think that below the sky-high bricks of hurt feelings, missed expectations, missed opportunities, lack of forgiveness, there was a full solid foundation of love and care for each other and they it's like they both always knew that and that's almost like what gave them the permission to hate each other so much (laughs) Yeah, because they felt like it was surface level yeah and they just knew in the back of their mind every time crap went down like really went down and then also every time something really exciting and happy happened for the family they were always there yeah and I felt like they could have been a lot more absent and abandoned each other a lot more than they actually did for sure so it's like it's like they both knew that she knows that I've got her back if I really need to Mm -hmm. but also I'm like pissed about this like petty thing yeah and not so petty thing it's frustrating but it's also like well they knew what was going on and they chose for it to be like that so then fine yeah and they both hurt each other a lot and they both gave each other a lot and so it almost ends up just fair
1: I mean, I it sucks oh to gosh. have to
0: live after that, like for so long. Oh my gosh. Yes. Lee lived for freaking ever after Jackie died. That is, oh. And she, every time, like in the thing, it says, like, anytime Lee would tell about her childhood, it was never, never positive. It was always like clouded in depression. And like, she never figured it out, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Ugh. But I think it, for some people, it, that, Like there's nothing you can do about that almost Mm -hmm. like you can have the best life. And there are still those types of people who were just born like that, like with the inability to like fully get over things. And I don't know. I don't know if it's just the narrative. Like she let the narrative that other people were telling her absolutely rule her life of like everyone was saying that Jackie was the best. Right. So she just took that on and that was her identity. And she was always going to come up short because that was the story that she was feeding in, like feeding into. Yeah. Okay, so I want to know what do you guys think about Jackie not leaving a dime for Lee when she died because she said, I have done enough for her in my life. So in my death, I have nothing. I don't know what I think, but I want you guys to either go comment on our YouTube video or tell us on Instagram at blood and business. I can't, I don't even know what to make of it really. I feel like I wouldn't have done that, but I mean, I get that she was leaving all of She was leaving everything to her kids, so that, like, makes sense, and at least she gave something to her niece and nephew. Yeah. She gave them enough to, like, okay, they're gonna be okay forever, but she didn't give them, like, a fortune. She She gave most of her money to her kids. Which, when you're not rich, that makes sense, but, like, if you have that much money, you could have divvied it out a little bit more, and your kids would still never want for a freaking thing. It was a little spiteful. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And please, please give us a rate and review because we are a baby podcast and it helps us be found by other people who want to hear stories.